This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. This is the officially the week of Thanksgiving, and um, we're going to continue our theme day. Something maybe just to mark your calendar for. Um, Jonathan and I years ago did uh, inspired reading of Squanto. Is that is that the phrase you would use, Jonathan? I, I wouldn't say inspired, oh, but oh. it was it was a wonderful opportunity to sit down and read uh, through that uh, that story that is inspirational. Yes. So that is going to be on Throwback Thursday of this week. Um, we're going to actually have two throwbacks. We're going to have a Throwback Tuesday tomorrow. And a throwback Thursday on Thursday, and the throwback Thursday will be the inspired story of Squanto, where you see the hand of God directing and leading and and just using him. It's a wonderful providence. It really is. Today, however, is not a throwback Tuesday, Thursday day. It is a mental health Monday. And if you remember, we've been working through, at least in part, A Christian's Guide to Mental Health by Tom Carroll and David Murray, answers to 30 common questions. And then today we're looking at the question of how does mental illness affect spiritual life? And the working premise is that all of our life is interconnected. We don't, we can't just compartmentalize the different aspects of what makes us a, a, a human. Um, so we have an intellectual, uh, emotional, a physical, a spiritual component to our being. And at all times, those are interconnected. And so really what the question is today is about, well, how does mental health affect our spiritual life? And there are two mistakes we can make when thinking about this question. So the first one is, when mental illness is a sickness, it is a mistake to condemn such suffering as sin. Such misclassification turns a sufferer into a sinner, heaps false guilt on the person, and multiplies their suffering. So I just want to pause and allow you guys to just jump in on that first mistake that can be made when mental health is a sickness. It's a mistake to condemn such suffering as sin. That you know, this is a this seems like a common curse for a lot of people because they're we're judgmental. In fact, even in, with the physical sickness, you know, the uh, disciples asked, uh, "Who sinned, this man or his parents?" And uh, Jesus' reply was that neither, but that the glory of God could be demonstrated. The the you know we we look at uh, mental illness and we we already acknowledged that because of sin, sin has affected our our human nature, our capacity, our body, and everything else. And we have to recognize that they're they're 
physical problems, their mental illness is a, is a real sickness it's a, and not something that they've caused themselves. I, um, my wife has a, a thyroid issue where she's on um, a, a low dose of medication because her thyroid doesn't function like it ought to. Um, and she will be on that medication all of her life. It is, is just a, a part of, of right. a, her body is not functioning as it ought to function. And I, I do believe that with regard to mental illness, there are those that their mind is not chemically functioning as it ought. And it could be that, like my wife, they end up on a low dose of some sort of medication because their body needs a corrective. Mm-hmm. Think about what happens when you say to that person, like if somebody said to my wife, you shouldn't be on that thyroid medication. That's a sign of weakness. That's a sign of sin. That's a sign of, mm-hmm. of dependence. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, her body can't do anything about what it's, I mean, her body is not producing like the, the thyroid is not doing its job and it's needing a little help. And one of the, and the most, da- I mean, the real damaging effects of this mistake that is referenced there is, you know, multiplies the person's suffering. I mean, if somebody is having some real mental health issues that's not related to any sinful pattern, if they're constantly told, well, this is because of some sinful pattern, you're just not realizing it. You need to repent and, and you'll be fine. That's just going to heap more and more guilt and compound the issue and make their suffering that much worse. And there are, and there are, you know, even physical problems that people have. Uh, some people have low blood sh- sugar, uh, that hypoglycemia, which causes a downward spiral, you know, of tiredness, and which will then create depression, which then creates more tiredness and then more depression, and so they're in a downward spiral that maybe a little lump of cheese would fix, you know. But yeah. and we need to re- and. When I have people, and a physical problem can be fixed with medication or the proper diet. Yeah, when I have people come in for biblical counseling, I look at these things. A lot of them are on some sort of medication. I certainly never would tell them, you should get off your medications. This is a spiritual matter only. Uh, you could cause somebody some serious damage if you recommend that. Even though we, have, uh, we are body and soul, like we, we need to realize that if somebody's not getting sleep, that's a significant problem. Like if you have mm-hmm. a mom with a newborn and she's kind of feeling on edge and depressed, well, you know, if your baby's crying all night and like you're trying to feed the baby and change the baby, take care of the baby, calm the baby, dads too can get a little on edge. So you should always ask those questions. You know, mm-hmm. uh, are you even getting like your base physical mm-hmm. uh, needs met and mental illness? I mean, I think this is, uh, that's, that's a type of mental illness when you feel frazzled and, and it doesn't have to be always the worst case scenario, right? Well, I, I think I mentioned this before, but years ago I was, I was working with a, a young guy that um, was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And he was convinced that being on that medication was a form of, of dependency that was sinful. Hmm. And so he removed himself from the medication and then all of a sudden he's in a position where he's no longer in touch with reality. He's living mm-hmm. in a almost a, a a created world that's not actually part of this real world. It's only what he's created in his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Scientology. That's not Christianity. <laughs> and so I couldn't I couldn't engage with him mm-hmm. because he he was already he was living a, a life 
that was not based upon reality. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't change that until his physical aspect was, was altered. He needed to be back into the world in which we were both living in that I couldn't touch. And he was just getting angry at me because I was trying to engage and try to give him, I mean, he had not slept for days and I tried to say, Hey, part of this is your body needs that rest. It needs to be down and you're not giving it any. And then he was like, no, you are not doing your job. This is a spiritual problem. I'm like, well, it's becoming a spiritual problem, but it has physical foundational issues that we need to address. And it was not healthy. But the other area is that when mental illness is even partly caused by personal sin, but it's blamed on sickness alone. In this case, false comfort may be offered, turning a sinner into a sufferer and depriving the person of the healing power of repentance and faith in Christ. Maybe speak to this other aspect. I'm kind of prepared for this. So uh, Timothy, he he says that uh, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. So with that physical aspect that you need sleep, you need to take care of your body. Exercise makes you feel good, gives you endorphins. But you know what's even better is that godliness, the, the spiritual discipline, praying. So it may be hard to pray when you when you have a mental illness, but you know what? Jesus healed the demoniac. I mean, this guy was out of his mind, right? And God is is our healer. Like we do look to God to miraculously heal, depending on your your definition of miracles. If they're man mediated, then some people think they're miracles. But God can heal even today. He's not changed. His character hasn't changed. He is Jehovah Rapha. Yeah, and and you know when maybe a medication is given in this instance, you know to to placate some some depression or, or something like that when there is a clear connection to a sin you know that is just there is real healing and real joy and release of what that uh, of the depression when there is an acknowledgement of the sin and repentance and we see that in psalm 32 where i'll begin in verse 3 and 4 and then go back to 1 and 2 there david gives the the state of his soul when he did not confess his sin he said, "Then I, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. But then he says, I acknowledge my sin to you in my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And then the, the opening two verses are, I think, kind of the response of that. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered, blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and to those uh, in whose spirit there is no deceit. There's joy and uh, uh, comfort and encouragement in confessing your sin and medicating it, if it is tied to a sin, is keeping that from the individual. I mean, think of that situation. I mean, David has clearly defied God on multiple levels, and God is bringing to him the grace of this anguish. He's wanting repentance from, from his servant. Mm-hmm. Think of the harm that would come if, if somebody comes into David's life and says, oh, you, you're suffering all these negative, you're feeling all this, this mental anguish and depression. What you need is 
and then they just prescribe medication or you know you just need to have an extra glass of wine at night or whatever it mm-hmm. might be that that's just glossing over the the core issue which is living outside of the 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 decreed will of god and hopefully you as a listener are, are hearing this and saying okay boy this sounds pretty complicated we're trying to address these different things how do we know when we're we don't want to be in either one of those ditches how can we stay on the road what would you say to those listeners that are trying to figure out well how can i be faithful in helping those that are struggling i think um there are four questions that um the authors bring up as far as determining whether it's like sin or not or connected to sin what you're experiencing just to honestly examine and consider whether it's yourself or a friend, is there serious sin uh, in the person's life that's not being acknowledged? Um, is that sin, you know, defiant, stubborn, persistent, just not wanting to let it go? Is it not repented of? Or are they holding on to it? Um, and are they actually taking steps to prevent falling into that sin again? And, uh, you know, Jesus gave the instruction of if your eye causes you to sin, to gouge it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He is speaking in hyperbole. First, let's be clear. Jesus is not saying to gouge out your eye and cut off your hand. But he is showing us is sometimes the extreme measures that we need to take to not fall into sin. That may be to cut certain things out of our life that we do enjoy. Amen. Yes, and and that's what it says there in James. You know, when he speaks about healing in the last chapter of James, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. And so at the front of that is confessing of sins. Mm. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you tomorrow. 